If I do a good job of keeping the emotion just like this, I smile all the time. Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with EXP. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close some deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's Thanksgiving Eve. It's the middle of the week. Don't check out the rest of the week, but go have Thanksgiving. (laughs) All right. I'm going to quickly, before we jump into the content, first of all, I'm Amy Izzo, if you don't know me, and I'm a realtor in the Midwest, Indiana, and Illinois. So think of me for your Indiana and Illinois needs, and it's spilling the tea with Amy, but I'm not spilling any tea on my MacBook yet. Could change. (laughs) Could change. Okay. Okay. Real quick before we get started with today's topic. So we are winding up our business planning series from the month of November. We've been doing it all month long. So we're winding it up today. And hopefully some of you have questions or things you want to talk about. Um, If not, I have lots to talk about. So hopefully we'll do a little bit of both. But let me, since we are on Thanksgiving Eve, let me talk about the holiday, folks. (laughs) You deserve a holiday. So here's the big topic every year. And usually I put a video out and I didn't yet. So you get to get it. I put a video out every year that's like, do I work on the holiday or do I not work on the holiday? What do I do as a realtor? It just depends. It's up to you. You do what you want to do. If you, if what's important to you is spending time with friends and family, then don't work on the holiday, right? Then don't work on the holiday. Spend that time with friends and family. Um, If working on the holiday would cause you to sacrifice your values, right? Would cause you to sacrifice your family, your friends, would cause you to sacrifice your mental health. Don't work on the holiday, right? Work today, do not work tomorrow, and then go back to work on Friday, right? So do what's right for you. Don't listen to the people that say you have to work seven days a week all day long and you can never have a break or the people that say never work a holiday. I will tell you, I've been doing it 10 years. I have had years I did not work on the holiday and I have had years where I did work on the holiday. I had a year a couple of years ago where we were in a fierce multiple offer situation on Thanksgiving day. I couldn't wrap it up Thanksgiving Eve. Could I I tried so hard to wrap it up because I cook every year. I cook every year for like 20 plus people, right? We have lots of family and friends that come to our house every year. We've been doing it for 25 plus years. So a few years ago, you know, I, I pretty much have had a policy because I'm a mama and I have a lot of family and I cook for a lot of people and it's hard for me. It's hard. Um, I can cook. I don't love it, but I love the family gathering, right? So I love to do Thanksgiving. And I was like, I had a policy, like, don't work on Thanksgiving, right? I also don't work on Christmas Day. I have the days, my standards, but I just, I don't work. And um, 
I had one year, we were in a fierce multiple offer situation. And we finally, on Thanksgiving morning, over the phone, had everybody in verbal agreement. And my clients don't use a computer. (laughs) They don't use email. They don't have a smartphone. (laughs) But they do have a landline. So I called them and said, and I would not do this with everybody, but they're lovely people. I called them and said, hey, I know that this is weird, but I'm cooking for 20 people and I cannot leave my kitchen. You must come to my house and you must sign this paperwork today because the other side would not wait. I was the buyer's agent. They would not wait till the one day. I'm like, can we just sign it on Friday? And they were like, no, we're realtors. We work seven days a week year round. And I was like, no, I don't, but okay. And I called my client and she came over and they, they were real sweet about it. They had a glass. Well, they, had it, they signed and then they had a glass of wine. I guess I don't really know what order that was in, but they had a glass of wine and they signed everything and they're so happy. They live in their house still today. They love it so much. So that was one time where I made an exception. It didn't hurt my family. It didn't sacrifice my values. It took care of my clients. It was a few minutes. It was like a half hour you know, of them at my house. And I had my apron on and I was cooking and then my house was super crazy and they understood, right? They sat, spent a few minutes in my dining room. We got it all signed up. They were happy. So Do what's best for you on holidays. Make This is why we have standards in our business, right? Standards of what we do. So just because it's a holiday, that's your bonus content. (laughs) That's not today's topic, but that's your bonus content. Do what's right for you. Um, But don't sacrifice yourself and don't sacrifice your family and don't sacrifice your values, right? I want you to feel good about it. All right. The wrap up of our um, business planning series. Hopefully you've been writing your business plans down and not just in your mind. I know I've been there where I've taken a series like this and I've been doing it in my mind and I never put any of it on a piece of paper. All right. So I hopefully you've been documenting and writing your business plan. And if you're not as far along as we are in this series, that's okay. Um, don't beat yourself up. Just jump in and take some time, especially if you do find the next few days are a little quiet. Steal an hour here and there and go work on your business plan. You will feel so good going into December already working your 2023 plan. I'm here to tell you guys, 2023 has already started. I know we didn't have Happy New Year and you didn't even write any resolutions, but we are in 2023 because we are planning, like I always say, in 90 days in advance. So November is over. We're planning December, January, and February right now. Right. I am booking business to close in December right now. And I am working to book my January and February because Amy has to make money every month to pay the mortgage and feed the mouths in the house and pay for the ballroom dancing that some of you know I love to do. Right. I'm not going to edit my lifestyle for my income. I'm going to make the income to support the lifestyle. That's the decision I've made years ago. So, and that's my superpower. But I'm here to tell you it can be your superpower. I'm nobody special. Right. I have beat my income goal every month for over four years in this business, month over month, consistently. So, yes, I can prove it. (laughs) Okay. So, can you? I'm not doing anything special. Right. I'm just doing the activity no matter what. And that's what the business plan is about. So, to recap what we've done this month, in case you weren't here and you're just joining or you're listening to this backwards and you're like, I didn't catch the whole month yet. We wrote our vision and our mission. The vision is, what is my vision for my business? Why the heck am I in business anyway is the mission, right? What's the vision? The vision is, I want to be the top realtor in my brokerage. The vision is, 
I want to make $10,000 a month consistently for 12 months, right? Net, right? The vision can be whatever you want it to be. The vision is I just want to be comfortable. The vision is I want to close two homes a month or 10 homes a month. What's the vision? What's the mission? Why am I doing it? Right. And it's okay to have reasons in there like, I need to earn money, right? You need money to support your life. Yes, you want to help people. Of course, I love helping people. If you follow me on any social media, you see my stories of how much I love these clients I work with, right? You just saw my story of Victoria, if you follow me. And what an emotional move this woman made. It's 65 years old, a year, years young, all by herself, right? To a whole new state. And she was just. It was just such an undertaking for this sweet person. And I'm so blessed and thankful and happy that I was able to lead her through the process. At the, And I can feel that way and still want to make money, right? And still want to make money. So why are you in the business? And what does that money do for you? What does it fuel? For me, it houses my family safely. It makes me not have to worry about where I'm going to live. It lets me drive the car I want to drive. It lets me ballroom dance. It lets my kid go boxing as much as she wants. She likes to box. It lets her do that as much as she wants. It lets me help my son with some things while he's going through the home purchase process. It helps me help my other son while he's figuring out what he his life looks like, right? What does his career look like? These are the things that that my mission, this is why I'm in business. Also, I want to travel four times a year. Yes, I do, right? This is why I'm in business. So the vision is, who do I want to be in the world, The in the real estate world, in my world? The mission is, well, why am I here anyway? And what's it going to fuel? And then the goals, you wrote SMART goals, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-bound goals. I didn't say my goal is to be the best agent in the office. That's a worthy goal, but let's make it smart. Let's make it specific. What is the best agent in the office selling? How much? What would you have to sell to beat them? I need to sell $6 million in real estate. I'm just making stuff up, right? Which is equivalent to 12 12 transactions, depending on your price point, right? I'm making that up. Um, By uh, using referral programs, right? To meet new buyers and sellers. And I'm going to close all of them by 12, 31, 23, right? Whatever. Very specific, measurable, right? How do I know if I'm on track, right? Um, every day, every month, which is what we're going to dive into today a little bit more. Actionable. What's the action of the goal? How do I, how am I going to get the $6 million in sales and that goal I just quickly wrote up, right? Oh, I'm going to use referral programs or I'm going to use these four lead sources or I'm going to work my SOI plus do some other things. What am I going to do? Is it realistic? Could I sell 6 million a year? The answer is yes right? Or whatever the number is. And here's the thing, whatever the number is, the answer is yes. Can I make 500,000 GCI this year? The answer is yes. Okay. So if that's your goal, the answer is yes. Okay. And you know, you know who that's for listening on this call right now. I'm looking at you in your eyes. So, (laughs) okay. I know some of your goals because you talked to me. So, all right. Um, You can do it. So there's no goal too big. Quit telling your big goals to small-minded people. Tell them to me. I'm not small-minded, okay? Then you wrote your SMART goals. 
What are the strategies and tactics to meet the goal? So if I'm going to sell $6 million in real estate this year, and that is 12 or 20 transactions, whatever, depending on the price point, where am I getting it from? What are my five lead sources? I'm going to start with five. If you already have five, add some more if you need to, unless they're all working for you, pumping for you. But if you're only SOI, that is admirable and commendable, but it is not enough. You will dry up. You will have slow months. You will ride a roller coaster. I've done it. I have been the one that said, I am 99% SOI. Great for me. High five, Amy Izzo. People like you, they come back to you. What about when none of them have a need? It's not their fault. They don't dislike me. They just don't have a need, right? I need other sources. So five lead sources at least that we get our business from. Build a table, build to four. Start with SOI, that's your most powerful. Build a table, build to four and add one extra. When you as So when I first did this, you guys, building my lead sources, I wanna make sure I cover this here because it's so important. Because it can be, if you are not working five lead sources today, it can be overwhelming to hear me say build five. Like hell, just building my SOI can be, can be uh, challenging if I haven't really worked it, documented it. One at a time, you guys. So start with your SOI, right? And really document the sphere of influence, friends and family, acquaintances, people that would accept your friend request on social media, right? So they kind of are vaguely familiar with you. You're one level above spam for some people. That's okay. They should be in your SOI, right? That need to hear from you. Make Work that really good and then add a second. And when you get comfortable with that, add a third. And when you get comfortable with that, add a fourth, right? And you get comfortable with that, add a fifth. So you have a routine and a process where you're working these leads all the time. Jen, I see a hand. Uh, Jess, I see a hand. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Jess. I've been on that SOI roller coaster. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> I've been on that roller coaster and COVID definitely whipped my butt into shape. And thankfully, I didn't go out of business, but I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, at the price point that I'm in, I'm doing double digits, but like I'm trying to icon and do these other things. And I can't do that the same way that I have been. Correct. So. When you build your five, which I believe I have my five pillars. All right. What I'm struggling with right now is my body and my mind wants to do everything. And then I shut down. So how do you categorize your legion for these four to five pillars? Um, I imagine you could work one, one a day for two hours and, and chip away. But like, I don't know. I feel like that's not enough. And then the overwhelming feel feelings kick in. All right. So I'm going to start with, you got to find what works for you. And that means, and you're like, I know Amy, because you always say that, but you do, you have to find what works for you. So that means you're going to try some different things, really try them and then adjust. Okay? okay. So could you work one a day? Yes. You could work one a day to get started, to get really good at them. So I added, when I added Z buyer as a new lead source several years ago, that was hard for me. I had to learn to have a conversation with a person that wanted a cash offer for their home, different skill set, different kind of a conversation. I yeah. had to learn. So I would work on that a little bit each day. Because that it, for me, repetition is what helps me learn. So like when I'm dancing, right? I have to work on it a little bit each day. 
So I do my own dance workout by myself in the morning, practicing what I learned at my last lesson, which was really awkward in the beginning because I'm used to partner dancing and I'm trying to dance by myself. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm doing this right. Right. But if I do a little bit each day, uh, the repetition, I learn from it. I'm the same way in my business. So for me, I take my time block and I work each of my lead sources each day. Okay. You may say that's over that now you may love that or you may go, ooh, that's a little overwhelming. So while you're learning the rhythm and the routine of your lead sources, maybe you work a different one each day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's OK. And then you can decide kind of how you want to do that. If you want to continue that each day thing or if you want to mix it up, um, if you want to mix it up with kind of multiple sources each day instead of one source each day. Uh, What I do now is it's become everything goes into the CRM, right? So it doesn't matter if it's a Z buyer or a street text lead that I'm getting. It's it's all going into Chime. So my habit is go into Chime and look at the leads assigned to me. Notice on the lead how they're tagged. Oh, that's street text. Okay, street text buyer, they asked for a list of homes. That's the current ad I'm running. So that's my script. So now I know when I see that, my script, when I call that person, I can switch between yeah. leads. I, I can just call that person and be like, hey, just want to make sure you got that list of homes for the Crown Point area. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then when I see the next one, it's a Z buyer, I know they're looking for a cash offer. So I'm like, oh, okay. Hey, I'm just calling you to talk to you about that cash offer on your property. And I can have that conversation. But in the beginning, I was focusing a little bit each day on one at a time. Now I can just rotate depending on what comes in. So it sounds like regardless though, you were still, okay, you'd be proud. I finally dumped those 700 people from the festival into my follow-up boss. And we categorized, we just hashtag them as the as such. Um, But that said, it sounds like you just go into your database and then you just start clicking away at people, whether it's to-do tasks or just a contact. You look at it, see where you're at, and then you just base your your conversation accordingly. Is that right? Correct. So that hits my leads. What it doesn't hit, so that hits all my leads. What it doesn't hit is my SOI. So I do plan. That's why the business plan is good. I do Mm -hmm. plan what I'm going to do, who I'm going to reach each quarter. And then I do have a day or two a week. I time block where I reach out to SOI. Now, if my SOI is in my database. So, I mean, but I do have stuff planned out too. Like we have a bling boba and bells um, Christmas event that we're going to start inviting to. Plus we just wrapped up a food drive where we raised over a thousand dollars and I just went and got the turkeys yesterday um, or the, sorry, on Monday and I dropped them off. So that's kind of what I'm trying to coordinate. Um, But you answered my question. Just follow my database, get everyone in there. Follow your database. Worst case scenario, chip away at a few people every day. Yeah. And my SOI is in my database too. But I guess what I was saying is when I log into my CRM, what comes up as tasks for me are new leads or follow-ups from leads from the previous days and weeks and months. So you what go doesn't come up. So what, what I have to think about is also to make sure I have time in my calendar to reach out to SOI because that's not coming up for me automatically. It's in there, but I have to have something going on. Okay. Makes sense. 
Yeah, I I mean, if you have, you just finished an event and you have another events are a great way to do this. You just finished an event. You have an event coming up. These are the reasons to reach out to your SOI. And as long, I do like to make sure I'm making phone calls periodically throughout the year. So they're hearing from me, Um, but emails and texts and videos in those emails and texts really work too. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Um, So now you've got the business plan written, you guys. Um, you've got your lead sources. The tracking is where the magic happens. Okay. Our brains will trick us. Our brains will trick us into thinking we totally stink when we don't, right? Because we're feeling and we're all different. So I'm going to talk about what I hear a lot from other agents and some of my personal experience. I'm a little emotional. You would not know that unless you know me real well because I do a good job of keeping the emotion just like this. I smile all the time. Okay, so it's true. I do. And you, like Kim's laughing, but she knows me. So I, I'm just, I'm like this all the time, even when I'm freaking out in my head. Okay, but, and not everybody's that way, but I am. So you would never know that I got issues, right? But I do. So, and I get a little emotional. So sometimes I get in my feelings and I'm like, I suck and I have no business. And I've actually said this to my business coach and he'll go, how many listings do you have right now? And I'm like, uh, and he's like, if you're counting on a board that you're looking at, which is what I was doing, then you have a lot of listings. And I'm like, I have 15 listings and six active buyers. He's like, okay, you don't suck. So where is this coming from? So tracking is data and it tells you how you're doing. You must track daily. And I want you to focus on number of people you actually reach. And I want you to focus on number of appointments you set. If your goal every day is to set one appointment a day, right? I'm going to work until I set one appointment today. And you work five days a week, right? And you work and you do that five days a week. You're going to set 25 to 30 appointments in a month right? And even if your conversion rate is only 50%, you're going to close 15 of those. That's 15 deals. Now, do I set an appointment every single day? No, but that's my goal. And I work as much as I can until I set an appointment. I focus on contacts. Now I can tell you how many calls I made, right? I can tell you how many people I reached out to, but I focus on how many people did I connect with. A contact is I reach out to you and you responded to me. If that's a text message, great. If that's an email, great. If that is a phone call, even better. If that's a Zoom call, whatever, right? I reach out to you and you responded to me. That is a contact. I want you to focus on number of contacts and then setting appointments. Have a goal of how many appointments a day you're going to set. Now today, I'm going to set zero appointments. I'm already telling you that. So because I already have my schedule plan for the day and I know what I'm doing and I'm going to set zero appointments. I am not going to beat myself up, right? But on Friday, I'm going to set two appointments. I'm going to make sure I set two appointments. Don't, and I'm, these are not necessarily my numbers. This is just what I'm doing this week, okay? So your numbers need to be your numbers, but you need to track daily how many contacts are you making? How many appointments are you setting? And then I want you to track your conversion rate. I don't care, you guys, if you do this on a piece of paper, get a notebook that's just for this, where every day you make a tick mark, two appointments, 
<laughs> right? Zero appointments. I don't care how you keep track of it, but I want you to have an easy way visually to go see how many appointments are you setting? How many appointments do you have? What is your conversion rate? If I go on 10 appointments, how many of those become business? Now, be careful that you don't discount business that's later business. So I coach agents that go, oh, well, I set uh, I set three appointments, but only one signed with me. Well, what happened with the other two? Well, they're going to sign later. Oh, Okay, well, we won't cause we won't count them as converted until they actually sign, but let's not write them off. Let's stay in touch with them and let's get them converted later. Your conversion rate will be higher, you know, when they start to move into contract with you. So just don't discount yourself if people don't sign the first time. Um, make sure though you stay in contact and that you know are they signing. Also on your conversion rate. Don't ding yourself if someone decides not to buy or someone decides not to sell at all. That's not a ding on you. That is a life decision they made, okay? However, if someone decides to go with someone else that is not you, happens to all of us, not everybody picks me, I'm not for everybody and that's okay. Um, even though I want everybody to pick me, they don't. What is wrong with those people? <laughs> I feel so bad for them. No, there are plenty of great agents out there and they may pick another agent. That is a ding on me. I missed something or we didn't connect or I could have run that appointment better. And so it is worthy of me examining why I didn't get the appointment, not to shame myself, but to get better at my craft. So I had an appointment this year that I went on that I was sure I was going to get and they listed with somebody else. And I was like, what did I do wrong? And I really took some time to examine the appointment to think about what I could have done better in the appointment and to really honestly examine my follow-up. And I found some flaws and some things I could have done better. And so that's okay because that's a learning opportunity. I can then... Uh, up my skill set and take a look at my process and refine. If you're always refining your skills and your processes, you're growing. That's a good thing. So when you track your conversion rate, I want you to track how many appointments did you go on? How many of those listed or blocked with you? How many chose not to do anything at all? Which means you got to follow up to know this information. How many went with another agent? Also, big, scary ask. I'm going to ask you to do this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you to do this. And I know it's hard and scary. When someone chooses another agent, you need to ask them why. The call goes like this. Hey, Jess, it's Amy. And I'm just following up with you. I wanted to get ready to get your home listed. And then Jess tells me, ah, I went with someone else. I'm like, oh, that's my initial feeling. That's just me. My stomach sinks. And I'm like, oh, wow, great. Um, you know, she'll say, I already signed with someone else. I'm going to list with someone else. And I'll just say, great, just as an opportunity for me to learn to and, and to get better at my business, can you tell me why you chose Jen instead of me? Right? And then I shut up. Just ask the question. However you would ask it. That's how I would ask it. And then just shut up and listen to what they say. Right. Sometimes people will not, they don't want to hurt your feelings and they really won't tell you the whole thing. And you can kind of tell that in the delivery. And sometimes you have an opportunity to have more of a conversation, but other times they will tell you. 
why they didn't choose you. And then you can decide, was that something you could have impacted or was that something you could not have impacted? Kim, I see your hand. So I just had this happen to me and I've continued to follow up because I never saw her property come on the market. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Should I just keep following up? Cause she is radio. Yeah. Keep following up. I, if, if she's telling you she's gone with someone else, but she, the house is still not on the market, I would keep following up. I usually do say to them, I thank them for their feedback, no matter what they say to me. And then I, I leave the door. I always like to leave the door open. You guys, I like to leave the door cracked. So I do always say to people, Hey, is it okay if I keep in touch and just check in with you from time to time? Rarely does anyone say no. I mean, if they don't like me, then they say, no, I don't like you, you know, and I kind of know that probably the vibe I kind of know maybe them I'm not offering to stay in touch with, but pretty much always I offer to stay in touch with people. And so I would follow up. I, you know, me follow up until they buy or die. Okay. That's it. That I, I will follow up incessantly for years until they buy with me or they don't. So, and when I say die, I mean like they went with somebody else <laughs> or they didn't do anything at all. So yeah, I would keep following up. So what did, did she tell you why she didn't, she didn't choose to go with you? I never got a response to that either. Like I tried to call her and she didn't answer. So I just shot her a text. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she just went radio silent. <laughs> um, my favorite one they tell me sometimes is that I was too expensive. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, I do lose business over commission because we can't negotiate a commission for both parties that makes sense to all of us. And that's okay. I have a standard of what I'd like to earn. And there are no standard commissions. They're all negotiable. And sometimes I can negotiate what I need from a particular uh, buyer seller. And sometimes I can't. And I, we have to choose to not work together. So often, sometimes when they don't go with me, they go. they went with a low cost broker. And I'm like, great. I hope they do an amazing job for you. And Amy, really do you hard. do tiered commission or do you have um I do. Do you, two? Okay. I do I'm have a tiered commission. <laughs> I do have a tiered commission structure. My process for that is I don't pull it out unless they ask. So my contracts, I pre-fill in the commission I would like. And when I'm there with them doing over the paperwork, um, I just cover it as a term in the contract. I just run through the contract and I just cover it as a term in the contract. If they stop me and want to talk about it, then we talk about it, right? Usually they'll say, is that negotiable? And I'll go, what were you thinking? I always say, of course. And what were you thinking, right? And then sometimes they give me a number I'm happy with and I will adjust, right? And we'll have a conversation around that. Other times it's going to be a harder conversation. I'll pull out the tiered commission. So I really use my judgment in the the call. I have had times where I've pulled it out prior to presenting the contract, but my real, and that's because I had a feeling they were going to want to choose their number. And so I did it backwards. And in that case, the contract's pre-filled out. When we agree on the number, I cross it out in the contract very deliberately with intention. So they can see this is my standard rate, but here's what I'm going to do for you based on the tiered commission we just talked about. So, um, you have to kind of decide what your flow is that works for you. But the reason I do love the tiered commission is consumers are not used to having choices in real estate, and this is giving them a choice. Um, and Kim does the pre-fill out too. Um, I don't know who's asking, but someone asked me my favorite CRM. 
so I do want to make sure I answer that question, the one you'll use. And I know you've heard that before. And so, you know, please don't roll your eyes <laughs> at me. Um, but it's true. The one that you'll use, I have had many different serums are very, many, very great, very good platforms out there. So um, I, I have a belief that you should have your own CRM that's yours so that you own your data. Um, I've always had that. I have a, I also know for sure that your CRM must be able to do the following things. Hold all of your contacts, their phone numbers, their names, their spouse's information, their email addresses, um, their mailing address. It must be able to hold all of that information. It must be able to text. It must be able to email. It must allow you to video them. Um, through your CRM, you you must have an IDX connection and a website so that you can do home searches through your website. Why would I want to do that when I have MLS? In MLS, you can't see their activity. You can't see their engagement with the searches. In um, a CRM, like I have Chime. So in my Chime CRM, my website has an IDX connection. So I'm feeding in my two MLSs in two states into Chime. And I do all my home searches through Chime. Uh, and so when a client needs to be set up on a home search, they get set up in my database. They receive it from my database. When they click, it drives them back to my website. I can see on their contact record a score, right? And the more they engage with my website and my home searches and my emails and my text messages and my videos, the higher the score gets. So I know Big number, closer to 70, 80, 90, 100, get in contact with these folks. They are super interested in something, buying, selling, or both, right? Low score, not really engaging. Keep trying, keep trying, right? So if I do the searches in MLF, I can't see any of that, and I'm not driving them to me. So that is that is why I really feel your CRM needs to be able to do all of those things. Sometimes we'll purchase a CRM that doesn't have the IDX or the website capabilities. That would be a CRM I would steer away from. So when you're, and the other thing is you need to feel good about your CRM. It needs to feel good to you when you use it. So when you're choosing a CRM, you need to look at at least three you need to get a free trial and try them. And you need to go, how do I feel when I click here? When I click there, does it make sense to me? Are there uh, videos I can learn from in a video library that I got to go watch and learn? You got to learn your system, guys. This is your money, right? All You got thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of future dollars in these CRMs. It's not just a bunch of data on a screen. I know it looks like that, but make sure you like the interface. You understand how to click. You can learn. You can figure it out. When and I don't know about you, but I am not the first to adopt technology, right? I'm not. I'm not like jumping in. Let me learn a new technology. But I learn them because I know that it will make a real difference in my business. It's super hard for me. So I like when there's videos. I like when there's a support team. I like when I know other people that are using it, that I can ask them what they're doing. Because sometimes I need to see something and hear something and then try it for it to make sense to me. Um, so I so I won't give you a name like you should use this CRM, but I will tell you those are the things the CRM must be able to do. And on top of it, you've got to try to make a choice based on a CRM you feel you you will use, and then condition yourself to use it. Create you're creating new habits here. Okay, all right. I know I've gone over a few minutes. 
Are there any questions? Anybody want to open up and have any questions before we wrap this one up? Okay, so tr just to kind of wrap up the tracking conversation, I want you to take that business plan that you wrote with those big goals. Hopefully you've, breaking them, you've broken them down into monthly goals and then lastly into daily goals. And then I just want you to track your activity, right? Every single day, how many contacts am I making? How many appointments am I setting? And then conversion, you, you know, track your conversion. So if I convert, so I listed a home, I signed a contract on Friday with someone I've been working with for about three months. That's the day I converted them, right? That's when they signed the listing agreement with me. That's when I converted them. I was out on appointment with them twice. We had a third Zoom call, right? And we had many a phone calls. Those were my contacts with them in my daily tracking. But the day I counted them as converted is the day they signed the listing agreement. So that was a conversion for me on Friday. So just keep track and then keep track of your people and where they end up, where they, you know, if they end up with you or not. Um, and then just use this as a learning, never a shaming, but just a learning. If people don't work with you, see if you can find out why. It's worth the effort. And I'll tell you another thing about that. People respect you for that. Um, I have had people come back to me when they made a poor decision and use me later. Um, I have had listings. I have actually have, I'll tell you quickly, I have a client now, did not choose me for his home purchase simply because he felt like he had to choose a very close family friend. I had the family friend objection conversation with him. He still felt like he really was obligated to choose the family friend. They had a horrible buying transaction. Um, he's in an attorney state. He actually called me for an attorney um, that he could use to close the transaction because they were too far in to make a change. And he actually called me to say, can I move to you? And he really couldn't move to me. And that wasn't in his best interest. But I gave him my local attorney in that area and said, connect him into this process. And it was such a bad transaction. They got him through it. He got the house. It worked out. My attorney told him, you should have used Amy. What was your problem? All of these issues started with the, the service that you got from your realtor. And that was just the situation that they were in. Um, and the, the lack of ability to properly negotiate up front and the lack of following timelines um, cost them a lot of money. And that is the realtor's job. It is our job to write the contracts, to track the timelines, right? To make sure people don't miss and to negotiate on their behalf in their best interest. And those things didn't happen for my friend. Um, they have since used me for three listings and two additional purchases and have referred me to sisters and brothers. And this other person that there was a close family friend has not gotten any more business from them. And that, that was because I stayed engaged. I asked them why they didn't use me. Nothing I could have done about it. And unfortunately, when they had a bad situation, I couldn't represent them, but I could help them. I got them a person that could help them. And I just stayed engaged. And now I am the family realtor. And that's what I want to be. So stay engaged with those people because sometimes these deals go south. And they'll either use you to fix it or they'll take it away from someone else and give it to you if it's a listing later. Or they'll come back to you for subsequent purchases or subsequent referrals. So stay engaged, okay? I love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving Eve if you celebrate it. Happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. I want you to have a fabulous holiday and then I want to see you working on Friday. Okay?
<laughs> Unless you're taking the day off, but get back to work. Don't don't go to sleep for the next week, you guys. Make sure you've got work in your schedule too. We're building the next 90 days. Have a great one. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.